When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames, new episodes every Sunday. We all think it. He just says it. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. Like, you're the worst $9 million player I've ever met in my life. I sat there and I was like, I was like, wait till he finds out he makes more than nine. <laughs> like, just like nine is the range here. But, like, yeah. Honestly, how'd you do that? You make nine million a year and don't do shit. I was like, this guy is a flame in my heart now. Like, <laughs> like Jordan Green, absolute beauty. Like, well, you love those chirps in the Battle of Alberta. Like, that's right up there with like Kachuk's, like, you want to need some money from like, yeah, oh, you need some money. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tempted to be like, what's this guy's value in the market? We could use the forward help. Like, right? Bring him in for the Heritage Classic next year. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Let's start with that. We're getting a Heritage Classic next year, Battle of Alberta. And it's likely going to be in October. Because thank God. Because remember when it was in McMahon here, like when we were children? In like January or some shit? Like it was, it was like negative minus. 25. Did yeah. you not think at all, like when you were planning that? At least this one's going to be in October. It's like True. it's going to be much more reasonable. I'm kind of worried about how the ice may be. You know what I mean? Like we can still get some pretty warm days in October. Yeah. So that's kind of something that they're banking on. But I mean, the Battle of Alberta Heritage Classic, it doesn't get much better than that. I, I want to go to it so bad. Me too. That would be so sick. We're also getting another set of jerseys and I'm a big jersey guy. I know for a fact I'm buying that because yeah, we haven't missed with our heritage jerseys. It's crazy to think that our heritage jerseys from like the last the last set we had, there are now permanent roads. It's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, I guess they are. Because yeah, like that's how yeah. it's, it's so weird. I never looked at it that way. That's actually yeah. We beat the wild at home. Clearly, that's not a game that's being talked about now, but we did. That's yeah. First game since the last time we we met up. That was our last solid game, really, from like a mm-hmm. metric perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, both like the entirety of the top four great underlyings that night i would say like second and third line also great that night not much to complain about i mean it was a win five three over the wild and it, it was one of those gutsy efforts right they went down two nothing in the first 
two minutes of that hockey game and and fought their way back into it and ended up taking that one. So, yeah, that was a big momentum shift out of the boys. True. That was a great start to the second, too, all those goals. Mm-hmm. That's all we can ask for. They still picked up two points. So Absolutely. So now let's get into a little bit of the lineup news. They did it. They did it. They called up Matthew Phillips. Mm-hmm. And yep. there was so much hype heading into the Columbus game, like, oh, my God, he's going to play. Oh, my God, he's playing. He's on the fourth line. And we know that he didn't play. They called up Zahorna as soon as the Rooney – transaction became official mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the Horna drew in for Phillips. A, a lot of people were frustrated or kind of enraged with that choice, but personally I thought it was the right choice. And I, I, I didn't realize, especially that they had to wait until 12 uh, mountain time for Rooney to clear waivers. And that's why Phillips took morning skate with the guys is because the Horna wasn't cleared to be with the team yet. And so, like, yeah, everybody released, like, the line rushes, right? And Phillips's fourth-line line rushing. And uh, turns out he doesn't get in. But they came out after the game and said that Phillips knew he wasn't going to play. Um, he, they want him in a top-six role and Zahorna in a bottom-six role. So all of that made complete sense to me. And I, I was fine with Phillips having a seat on that one. I was kind of tentative, like, just not knowing much info, being like, well, did they tell the kid he was playing? And then they're like, huh, it's like... Yeah, right. Did he know coming in that he wasn't playing in Columbus? He knew coming in that he wouldn't be playing in Columbus. So I'm like, you know what? That's that's a non-issue then. And I mean, the guy knew he wasn't playing and still did media. Like, an absolute G. Yeah. And then uh, the game in Columbus was... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the worst game I've watched this year, I think, is what I would label it under. If you want to combine the last two seasons, yeah. Like, it's, it was the most embarrassed. Like, we got destroyed by a team in the, like, literally tanking for Bedard. And and watching that Columbus team play, I mean, they can't even get the puck out of their own zone at times. There's times where they are so hemmed in their zone and the Flames didn't even really have to put on a lot of pressure. The, the Blues, the Blue Jackets just couldn't get it out. Like, it was just missed clear after missed clear. And the Flames had opportunities. They just couldn't put them away. It was so frustrating because, like, the final five minutes of the third, the energy was there, and they were, like, genuinely just going for it. And I'm like, where was that for the, the first final game? five minutes? Yeah, I was like, where was that for the first 55 like, we're playing Columbus. It's, they just got absolutely wrecked by Tage Thompson and the Sabres, like, then yeah. game prior. It's a it's a classic it's a classic Flames, right? They think they're going to get a free two points going in somewhere. Um, they had the back-to-back with Toronto. So, obviously, saving energy um, was a game plan, I guess, in Columbus. And it didn't work. You lost to a team that's a lot worse than you, and you came unprepared. Fast forward then to Toronto, and we'll get into all the logistics between Daryl's comments and all that sort of stuff shortly. I was sitting there, and I was like, hey, there's no way they're they're going to run with the same lines heading into Toronto. Like, there's no way. And we see Milan Lucic not, <clears throat> not taking warm-ups for Calgary. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Phillips is slotting in. And I was like, mm-hmm. 
they're doing it. Like they're scratching Lucic to put Phillips in the lineup. Like it's happening. Like it's the moment from the office. Like, oh my God, it's happening. I can't do it. Yeah. Well, right. But yeah. I tried, right? Um, it's the effort that counts. We ended up getting a Ruzichka Backland Phillips third line. You got the big body in Ruzichka, right? Um, big body, wicked shot, great four checker. You got the 200 foot veteran down the middle in Backland and then Phillips, which is a speedy scoring winger. And it, yeah, in every other, like, realistic situation that line should gel perfectly together i want to talk a little bit about redeem zahorna when we claimed him from the penguins during training camp he got the last two preseason games and then they were like yeah no you're you're going to the a yeah and he even addressed it in his media he was like yeah like when i got claimed like i was not ready for those games like i mentally was not there took some time with the wranglers got up speed of the system and what you know mitch love wants down there and it's almost identical to what we're doing up here so it was pretty seamless did he not look like a legitimate power forward absolutely no i, I agree i think he's done really well with the opportunity given especially playing in a bottom six role daryl always talks about he wants big guys to always use their body right not just in certain situations certain occasions he always wants you to use your size and your leverage to win you puck battles and and Zahorna I think has taken has like taken that to heart and he's he's put that in his game and he I th- I've liked him throughout the first three games there obviously there isn't much point production there it comes with time and and he needs to gel with his line mates and learn how they play with him Matthew Phillips his underlyings in Toronto were great Mm-hmm. They they really were. Last night he even got a little bit more of an expanded role too, with the injuries. But instead of Backlund down the middle, they moved Zahorna up. So we had mm-hmm. a Zahorna Phillips third line in Montreal last night. Mm-hmm. And I just like to also just give credit to Blake Coleman for being an absolute pro that you can literally move around anywhere and he's not going to complain. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, like this guy is not a fourth line player, but. Nah. But just to give the kids a chance, he's like, all right, looks like I'm taking line rushes with uh, Trevor and Brett. Let's go, boys. He gets to hang out with the boys. Yeah, I don't think he's too mad about it. (laughs) Matthew Phillips, I'd say also, for the most part, looked great. On Saturday, he had two shot attempts, two two scoring chances, one high danger. Uh, His expected goals for was close to 87 at even strength. How, How much time on ice did he play? Just under 10 minutes, I believe. Uh, he had one shift in uh, in Montreal last night that really caught my eye. Um, it was that one, the Flames had Montreal in their zone and he kind of wrapped it around the end boards and followed his dump in and then came and double hit that guy in the corner with Zahorna, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And he just looked like he was full of energy, man. Like he was flying around the offensive zone, like always on top of the puck. Those are the things that I want to see out of him. Like if you keep that intensity and that pace up, Good things are going to come to you in this league. Looking at his game log, he got just under eight minutes in Toronto at five. Um, and he led the team in expected goals for at even strength in Toronto. So, yeah, not not terrible. Overall, he just had under 10 minutes. I think it was 921, it looks like. Okay. But let's talk about the penalties. I, I, I'm sure he would have had more ice time if... Um, what, what, is, what is going on there? Like, I, I, I understand one game, if you take, like, six or seven penalties, 
But after that, it's not acceptable anymore. That needs to be cleaned up. And like, not only does it have to be cleaned up, but the part that was also infuriating was like, a few of those calls, in my opinion, aren't penalties. I was watching the play and I was like, okay, hey, that's not, that's not called on a nightly basis. That, that right there, what, what is this? It just added more fuel to the narrative that, oh, we're undisciplined. It's like, okay, yeah, kind of are. We take too many penalties in overtime. And yeah. I, the penalties was- in overtime is absolutely mind boggling. Like, like, I don't get it. You, it's three on three. Has there been an overtime this year that we haven't played shorthanded in? Did we play shorthanded in Florida? Because I know that when New Jersey was here, we took a penalty. Lost yeah. Night. Yeah. Uh, last night, took a penalty. Somehow killed it. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was Toronto. a four-minute kill. Yeah. <laughs> Toronto take took a penalty. Did we take a penalty in that Florida game when in, when it was Hubie and Weger's return? I don't I, think so. I don't think we did. But like, oh. God, it feels like all we do is play overtime four on three. Boys, what are you doing? It's three on three. There is so much room to go out and skate. The one in Toronto was so bad. Oh my god, so the one bad. in Toronto. Oh, uh, I felt. I like part of me just felt bad for Hubie. He knows he needs to get going right. And the overtime starts with a just an Aaron stick. It's it's head scratching. It's unbelievable. Daryl had a lot to say about it. Let's play the clip. The penalties a concern for you? Well, that's one thing I learned a long time ago, Eric. When you're in the in Chicago all those years, when you play and you come into Toronto, you know what goes on. I won't say nothing more. But this is two games in a row. You guys had a lot of penalties. So then, write about it. I mean, do you think they were all penalties tonight? I don't. So, if it's just about penalties and who's dressing and who's not, that's not what the team's about. I mean, we scored a big power play goal, make it four three in the third. But yeah, then Ryan Pike decided to give us a little hint on who was officiating last night. Jeslaine Hebert who ref the Calgary-Columbus game where the Flames took seven minors, and Michael Markovic, who ref the Calgary-Toronto game where they took another Wow. Game. We got them again? Yeah, last night. And the oh, second wow. I saw that tweet, I was like, oh, lovely. That's great. That's that's, that's fun. Like, like, that's awesome. Thank you. you don't don't want to change up your refs a little bit? Just keep feeding us the same refs when we're on the road? Is that how this is going to work? I found it so funny listening to Toronto media react to Daryl's comments because it's like, listen, you guys do understand what he's trying to do here, right? He's not coming in and targeting your market. Hockey, you're not the only hockey market on the planet. He's straight up detracting the attention away from the players who just had a horrid back-to-back weekend. Instead of, ooh, let's talk about how the team laid an egg in Columbus, went and chilled at Johnny Goudreau's place, or, yeah. or, ooh, let's talk about, you know, the penalty in overtime. Instead of, let's add more negativity to it, Daryl, who actually decided not to create controversy in a post-game presser, which is nice, um, instead of saying that Hubie had to go take a shit, he just straight up was like, how do I, how do I direct the attention away from my team? Oh, let's attack the biggest market in the NHL. That'll yep. get people talking. Yep. 
go after the refs and go after the Toronto Maple Leafs. And sure yeah, it worked. It did, right? Like there wasn't much talk of, of how the Flames performed after that. I mean, it was all about how the refs are blah, blah, blah. It got carried away like it always does with Toronto media. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a smart tactic from Daryl. And I'm sure the players appreciated it. Again, like we talk about this stuff and how like as diehard fans of this team, we sit and we watch games and it's like, People literally do not understand that my mental health the next morning literally revolves around what happened in the game. I want them to be elite. Like, I'm sorry that I care. Like, it's, yeah. not, even like, it's not even that I'm hard on them. <laughs> point out the stats and like, it gets me depressed. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's not our fault that we pretty much based our lives around this freaking hockey team. So depending on how they do, is it really matters to us. You know what's awesome, though? Adam Ruzicka, as of right now, leads all Slovakian-born players in the NHL. Oh, yeah. Did I mention he also leads the whole team in points per game? I feel like I left that out. And was scratched for like two and a half weeks to start the year? Yeah. Yeah. We can we can talk about that part, too. Um, Attaboy, Rossi. Before we get to the Montreal game, just, I guess, stats in Toronto – that game really just ended up being their star guys against our star guys, and mm-hmm. guys were just better. Like they and are. their star guys won. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is what it felt like for sure. Another stat that I want to point out: the Flames had six high dangers scoring chances in Toronto at even strength. Zahorna and Phillips were responsible for three of them out of the six. So that begs the question: like, okay, like how much longer? are you going to keep the top six lines intact the way they are? Because I do think that they should start experimenting. Yeah, um, I'd agree that it's maybe time to take a look at something new again. <laughs> like that, that sort of segue also carries into Montreal last night. The one goal we scored was on the power play. Mm-hmm. So like clearly this, this, we're having trouble creating quality chances five on five. So yeah. until those metrics start going up like this, you have every sort of leeway to try other combinations. And I don't understand why they don't just go back to Huberto and Kadri. Like, they need to try that. We only saw that for two games. Two games is not a sample to be judging upon. Right. It's barely yeah. a concept at that point. No, way. yeah. That, that's not even a sample size. That's, exactly. Yeah. Um, and... Like, just segueing over into Montreal, kind of, um, you know I'm a big goalie guy. I just want to talk about Jacob Markstrom because, god damn, without him in that net, that is a freaking 6-1 Montreal win. Like, are you kidding me? The guy stood on his freaking head all night. So, I want to just quickly bring this up. Evolving Hockey put out his stats and... It is the best single regular season game in terms of goals saved above expected that Jacob Markstrom has recorded in his entire career. Not adjusted for score and venue, he recorded a 5.25 goal saved above expected in all situations. His top five games by that category, last night in Montreal, February 12th, 2020, in Chicago, when he was still a member of the Canucks. Okay. Second, 
In Montreal, January 30th, 2021. So that's start of the North Division year. Pittsburgh, October 28th, 2021. And then Carolina, December 12th, 2019, when he was a member of the Canucks. Last night was the best game Jacob Markstrom has ever had in his career. In a you know, I think you could say that on the eye test, too. Like, just oh, watching dude. the game. You could tell that that was just a different breed of Jacob Markstrom. And to all you Flames fans that were riding him and ripping him this entire season, calling for his head, wanting him to get out of here, blah, 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 and then were praising him last night, relax, okay? What relax. I don't understand is, like, you can still – be a fan of Ladar being hot and going on a hot streak without throwing sticks and stones at Markstrom. Like, you don't have to roast one goalie to praise another. Do the fans not see these guys on the bench together, like in commercial timeouts when Ladar and Markstrom go back to the bench and they chat? That's all they do. They chat for like a minute through the commercial break. They just hang out, talk about the game, talk about what they can work on and get better. These guys are friends. These guys want to make each other better. We don't need to be tearing down one goalie to build up the other. Like, oh, it just boils my blood. It's almost like it's really easy not to be a toxic fan. I don't get it. I really don't. The result of one game, suddenly, okay, that's it. This guy sucks. And now it's happening yeah. with Ruby. Like, exactly. I, I post this thing on my story. Greg Amundsen has an article on pockluckanalytics.com talking about Huberto's just play so far this year. Did you know that Jonathan Huberto is third among all NHL forwards who have played over 300 minutes, even strength in terms of his defensive game. The only guys ahead of him are Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. Yeah. And we're talking about a guy who never like you look at his RAPM. It is a complete 180. <coughs> yeah. Um, it is Anything, like any sort of year prior. This guy is fully committing to trying to be a more complete player. Mm -hmm. And his defensive metrics are unbelievable. And now it's a matter of how can you balance the offense that you know with being defensively reliable? Mm -hmm. It's clear he's still adjusting. I don't know how many times you have to say it, but at the same time, like, we're kind of out of a playoff spot right now. So, it's going to have to, like, start coming to fruition real soon here, right? Yeah. Like, I get that. And I'm also worried about that because I love the guy and I want him to be, succeed here. Remember the 1920 season? Good times, right? Matthew Kachuk led the team in points that year, 61. Johnny Goudreau had 58 points that season. Lindholm had 54. Well... Look at it now. Lindholm is on pace for 67. Kadri is on pace for 59. Huberto is on pace for 55. And what was another commonality that we had that year? It was, oh my God, who should start? Is it Riddick? Is it Talbot? Oh, right. play, play who's ever hot, right? Well, is that, is that not know. what's going on? <laughs> I'm seeing your connection here, Raja. It I'm... is literally the 1920 season right now with better even strength metrics. 
this team can't finish, right? They can't score. They no. can't get quality chances. But that year, we also couldn't do shit five on five. Like, we got absolutely destroyed every night. Mm-hmm. And it was like, let's just hang on for dear life. And then we had our coach come out and say, we're going to play the exact same way we played in the playoffs. No! Yeah. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Not a success. But what I'm saying is the headlines are eerily similar right now. Like, scare it's scary they, yeah they are i i would 100 percent agree with you i i haven't really looked at it in that way but you explaining it like that to me was holy shit this is the 1920 season all over again literally yeah and another thing i want to point out so the chuck deal biggest trade since the gretzky deal through 29 games played the flames are 13 11 and 5 31 points on the year the Florida Panthers are 13, 12, and 4 through the same number of games played 30 points in the year. That's with Kachuk playing out of his mind in Florida. Yeah, and it's, it's not like it's not like Kachuk's the problem in Florida. Like the guy's performing, he's done, he's fit in there perfectly. But the biggest trade since the Gretzky deal, and both teams are trying to figure out what their identities are. It also feels like that's just the way the league is this year. You know, like you got a couple powerhouses out in the East. You got the Bruins and the Devils out there. And it's like some really good teams out East. But look at the Pacific Division. The Flames are out of a playoff spot, but they're not long gone. Like they've had a horrible start to this year and not playing the game they want to play. But they're still sniffing the playoffs. The whole conference is bad this year. Like, yeah, not just that, like all you have to do is stay within distance of the Oilers and the Kings, and you're good. Ooh, let's head into a game and take less than seven penalties. Let's head into a game and have some great goaltending. Let's head into a game and score more than two goals, right? Let's score on the power play. Let's, you know, um, generate double-digit high-danger scoring chances at five-on-five, right? Like, let's do all of that. But then it's like, no, sweetie, you can pick one. You can pick one of those things and you'll get it for that night. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, I really, really hope that Jacob Markstrom, this guy's confidence has to be like. No. I literally, um, I sat there and I looked at my parents and I was like, he's back. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's the thing, right? Like, and look at the next game the Flames have Wednesday night at home against Vancouver, um, his old team. Tell me Markstrom's not getting that start. Like, he comes off this game in Montreal where it's his best expected goal saved above ever. And now your next game, you get to play against your old club. You know Markstrom's getting that start. And you know he's going to be there to play on Wednesday night. 100%. So now let's talk about, I guess, everything leading up to the Montreal game. So, Wes Gilbertson reports that Uyghur was not on the ice for morning skate due to a non-COVID illness. Mm-hmm. And just before puck drop, we get news that Lindholm is out with an upper body injury and Mackenzie Weger is, in fact, not playing, even though later on he was listed as a game-time decision and they were like, psych, he's actually sick, he can't play. Yeah. Then you watch Tanev take a puck to the head yeah. and he lays there motionless for close to a minute. Watching that... I literally was like looking, I'm like, he's not moving. 
I'm like, this is this is Tanev we're talking about. And Tanev has the highest pain tolerance out of, I think, any player in the league. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> ever. Like, to ever yeah. play pain. And I'm, yeah, the I'm, guy plays through everything, right? So, yeah, and you see him like just motionless. Yeah, and luckily he cleared all uh, all X rays at the hospital in Montreal and was cleared to fly back with the team. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good sign, but obviously still a lot of more a lot more evaluations to go through until uh, we find out what actually happened. Yeah, hundred percent. So they said that team said that he would be reevaluated today. But uh, given that today's an off day, I don't think we're going to get any updates on him until no. tomorrow. So, yeah. uh, God, that was scary. Like, you sit mm-hmm. there and you're like, hey, why are we cursed? Like, why? Why? Like, the hockey gods saw us have one year of happiness, like genuine happiness, and they were like, let's play some games that- here. Let's let's just see what kind of... That's enough. Yeah, like, that's that's enough. Do you have any idea what might be going on with Lindholm? Dude, I don't I don't even remember like where he could have got like what play it was or whatever that No, okay. M- me neither. Like that's why I was wondering. Like I, I, I saw I saw the tweet and I was like, wait, what? I was like, when? You listen to Daryl talk about it. Daryl said that they knew the night before. I'm like, okay, so if you knew the night before, what's the timeline here? And then I see Kadri get hit open ice the way he did. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there, I was like, no. Like this is not happening. Like we're not losing Tanev. And Kadri the same night that Uyghur and Lindholm aren't in the lineup either, right? Yeah. Could you imagine like one game and then you're just down like three of your stars like that? You're you're down your core, like yeah. like uh. yeah. and even even Caulfield took that hit from Lewis last night, which was obviously yeah. not nothing intentional. Like that's just Caulfield having his head down, going to pick up a loose puck, and Lewis is doing the same thing and Trevor Lewis against Cole Caulfield. Who's going to get the worst of that one every time? I mean, last night was chaotic. Huberto scored on the power play in front of family, too. Markstrom, in his last two starts, he's got a 9-5-3. That's the Markstrom we're used to. Hell yeah. That is that is the Markstrom that is making six million bucks, mm-hmm. dude. Watching him play last night was so I was so oh, the the like, four minute ki- the four minute kill in overtime. Like I was literally standing this far from my TV and Markstrom just like flying around, stopping this, stopping that. And I'm screaming, jumping. Seriously, that could be like the pivot point for his for the rest of our season, really. Absolutely. Um, not just his own season, our season as a whole. Um, Absolutely. And again, to the hockey gods, why do you hate us? Like, I honest to God, like, I want to know why. Jonathan Huberto, we talked about him being top three in the NHL amongst forwards that have played over 300 minutes at even strength in terms of his defensive game. He's had a point per game in his last eight. Yeah. That's trending in a positive direction. It's all about optimism, Raja. It's all about optimism. I see it as like this is a prolonged adjustment period. And I yep. can't I can't judge Huberto for what he is in, in a flames jersey yet until I compare apples to apples with how he looks after he adjusts. Because that wasn't fair. We were doing the exact same thing to Gaudreau. We were doing mm-hmm. the exact same thing to Kachuk. And suddenly mm-hmm. they put up 100 points last year, and obviously – Everybody not. loves them. Everyone's like, oh, my God, they're so good. Really? Because you wanted yeah. you wanted them gone for, like, three years prior. So yeah. 
Into the Flames is all about optimism this year. That's Dude, our motto. We're just like more objectively level-headed fans in comparison to a lot of others. Like just that's just the way it is. It's not a slight to other fans in this fan base. It's just how we are, like how we we're, yeah. we're positive people by nature. So we we Absolutely. like always think about the best case scenario all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, Jonathan Huberto scored last night. Did you see the pregame photo? He was holding a muffin. I did. And I know you guys are going to be listening to this segment being like, what the hell are they talking? No, this is something that needs to be trending. Okay. It is in photo evidence that he was eating a muffin before puck drop and he scored. Hoobie, I don't know if you're into all that spiritual routine stuff, but bro, eat a muffin before every game. Yeah, we're, we're going to need to find a way to set something up that can just get Hoobie a muffin before each game, and uh, we're guaranteed a goal out of him. So. so get Muffin Mania trending. I already saw a few tweets of people hopping on that, and I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage this because why not? It's fun. I, I, I love it. I'm in on it for sure. Muffin Mania or Muffin Power, whatever you want to go with, get that trending, comment <laughs> it. I don't care how. Post a photo of you eating a muffin and tag Huberto in it. Like, be ridiculous. He, he's in a Canadian market. Let's show him <laughs> how psychotic we can be. Absolutely. Let's I do it. it. Let's just get it going. And then we'll see. We'll see if it changes anything, right? Huge experiment mode right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think there's still lots of, lots more looks to get and uh, a, lot, a lot more experimentation to do within this lineup. And hopefully we just find that night where everything clicks for everybody at once and, and this team gets on a roll, right? Milan Lucic, when do you ex- think he'll be drawing back in? Because I, when I saw the Lindholm injury, immediately my brain went, oh, well, looks like Lucic is going to play. And they put Brett in instead. And Lucic you know, <laughs> with that, you remember, the, I think it was the wild game. Was it the wild game? The one in the handshake line where Luch just looked livid. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't even look at Vladdy. Something uh, happened that game. Yeah, there's something underlying there. That's why Luchich isn't playing right now. Something hundred percent was either said, done. I don't know what. Mm-hmm. But he went through like two straight games of playing less than six minutes. Yeah, even less than five thirty, I believe. And he didn't even look at Vladdy. Like celebrating a win, he just. Face down. Yeah. Now something happened there, and I, I personally believe that's why he's not been drawing in because he played in Columbus. I don't know. It's just the, his body language in that. That was yeah, like good, good point. I'm glad we brought that up because that was that was definitely concerning. Like I looked at that, and I was like, mm, I don't like. <laughs> that. I don't know what's going to end up happening now with the lineup tomorrow, especially if Lindholm depending on what his sort of timeline is, how right. Out, right? Suddenly you've got question marks with like, okay, who, who are you dressing? It gives you also a little bit more room to try stuff out. And again, it's at the expense of guys being injured, which is never, mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. but at least you have some sort of leeway to be like, you know what? At least we're playing the Canucks tomorrow. Yeah. Least- you got to win that game tomorrow. Like you, you've got Van and St. Louis, and then San Jose yeah. coming up. Like that's three straight. Like that has that's three winnable games right there. Yeah, like, you you have to secure these wins. You absolutely have to. Anything after Christmas, it's 
a good a sort of marker for what the playoff picture could look like. So yeah. it's either you got to run with it now or you got to have a hot January. Yeah, exactly. It's it's time to find your game and your the days are just ticking away on you, right? Yeah. And uh, I guess just prayers up to Tanev. I hope he's doing okay right now. I couldn't bear to like look at the TV. I was like, he's not moving. Like this mm-hmm. is not. It was scarier than even Shillington's incident last season when he like, like fell awkwardly into the board. Right. Like that was the last time I genuinely felt like terrified. This was worse. This was like. <laughs> I remember when I was younger and when like Damon Lankow got hit with a slap shot, like from Ian white at the blue from the blue line <laughs> when we were like literal children. Yeah. And I remember watching that. It was an afternoon game in Minnesota. And I remember watching it at an Adam Earl's. So this is how detailed my memory is. This is wow. Yeah. And I remember looking at the TV. I'm like, what, what, what happened? And then I watched the replay. Damon Lankow gets a puck in the neck. And I was like, Scarred for life as an 11-year-old watching that. Um, yeah, watching Tanev go down last night like that, that was absolutely terrifying. And prayers up to both him and to Chris Snow and his entire family. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you guys like our content, feel free to hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. The the, the red one, the black one, with whatever platform you're on. It's the button that says subscribe. Just do it. Just hit that subscribe button. Go Flames, go, and let's hope for a good little string of games here. The schedule coming up right now is they're very winnable games. Go mm-hmm. out, go out, win those games. Let's get some confidence back. We have not won more than three games in a row this year. Instance, let's get that confidence up, start winning some more. Marky, I love you. And, yeah, that's how we're going to end it. Go Flames, go. Go Flames, go. <laughs>